All right, guys, you are locked on Falcons. I'm your host, Aaron Freeman, and today we'll be talking about the Falcons' newest corner in Fabian Moreau, as well as getting some outside perspective on their recent free agent additions of Mike Davis and Barkevius Hinko. You are locked on Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, guys, you know me. I'm Aaron Freeman. Been covering the Falcons for many years. Formerly at FalcFans.com, R.I.P. Still going strong on Twitter at FalcFans, and of course, the host of this preeminent Locked On Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And today's episode of Locked On Falcons is brought to you by Rock Auto where you can find amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Just visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. So today's episode, we're going to be talking about Fabian Monroe, Barkevius Mingo, and Mike Davis, the three free agents that the Falcons have signed this week. Now that things are starting to get rolling in the Falcons, we're basically pulling a fast one on my emotional state by laying low during those first few days of free agency, letting sort of other teams throw money around, and then sort of scooping up the guys that were left sort of holding the bag in this second wave of free agency. And we'll sort of see if this continues over the next couple of days. We got two days in a row with Falcon sightings. Could we get three? I don't know. But that being said, later in the episode, we're going to have locked on bears host Lauren Cox, give his thoughts on Mike Davis and Barkevis Mingo, given that they have both recently played for the Chicago bears. Then later in the episode, we will get Mike Davis's, former high school coach, an interview with him, Ron Gartrell of Stevenson High School in the Atlanta area, and give his thoughts on what Mike Davis can bring to the table here in Atlanta. But before we get to that, I do want to sort of share my thoughts on the Fabian Monroe signing with the Falcons sort of nabbing their potential starting cornerback. I talked about on yesterday's episode of the podcast that I thought Given the likelihood, given the Falcons cap space, meaning that they could probably sign three or four more players before all things are pretty much done with free agency, that three of those positions I would like to see the team target were corner, safety, and quarterback. And they were able to get their quarterback corner back, I'm sorry, on Wednesday by signing Fabian Monroe, formerly of the Washington football team. And Fabian Monroe was a player that we briefly mentioned on that free agent Friday episode where we discussed the cornerback position two weeks ago. He has that connection with the Falcons de facto college scouting director, Kyle Smith, formerly of Washington. Smith was the guy that's allegedly been running the last couple of uh, Washington football team drafts since 2017, which happened to be the same year that Fabian Monroe was drafted by Washington. Basically the skinny on him is the third round pick from that 2017 draft potentially could have gone higher in that draft, but he suffered a torn pectoral muscle while doing his bench press at UCLA's pro day that spring. So he barely played his rookie season primarily playing special teams that year. And then in 2018, once Kendall Fuller got traded to the chiefs, that's when Moreau got Moreau got his opportunity basically being the primary slot corner for Washington at 2018 season. Then down the stretch that year, Quentin Dunbar, their outside corner got hurt and Monroe uh, replaced him on the outside and played better down the stretch than he did earlier in the season. Then again, in 2019, Monroe uh, began the year as the primary slot corner 
but it didn't take long before Washington realized that their rookie in Jimmy Moreland was a better option there. And then as Josh Norman was in and out of the lineup with injuries for the rest of the season, it was primarily Moreau that was tasked with replacing him. Then Washington dropped Josh Norman in 2020, re-signed Fuller, added Ronald Darby, and Moreland continued to be the better slot option. So Moreau was basically relegated to being the fourth corner and barely played this past season. So while he was the fourth corner for Washington this past year, I do expect Fabian Moreau to be the Falcons' number two corner this year. He's probably going to line up at that right cornerback spot, potentially vacated by Darquez Denard, uh, and allow the team to move Isaiah Oliver and Kendall Sheffield to compete for that nickel cornerback spot, arguably the position where when we look at Oliver's 2020 as well as Sheffield's 2019, we've seen their best football over the last couple of years playing inside that slot position. Uh, Moreau, you know, watching the, over the past two years, I didn't really watch his 2018 film, um, but his pro football focus number suggested it was similar to 2019. So I didn't feel compelled to really take a deep dive in that, but watching 2019, 2020 film from him and focusing primarily, particularly in 2019 on the games where he was playing outside, I thought generally he was okay. You know, nothing really to write home about seemed like, you know, fast wide receivers, quicker wide receivers, got him more often than not uh, compared to other matchups. I can remember Stefan Diggs and, and Darius Slayton giving him problems in a couple of games over the past two seasons. You know, you look at the games where he primarily played outside cornerback over the past three years, pro football focus is grades sort of were grading him in the sixties, 65 or higher. And then when you look at the games where he was primarily playing in a slot, his grades in those games in 2019 were mostly in the 30s. In 2018, it was in the 50s. And for reference, Darquest Denard's grade this past year after he was moved to outside corner starting week three was close to like a 71-72. So I think in that regard, based off of those grades, Moreau's probably a slight downgrade from Denard, but not a huge one. I think with Moreau, there is untapped potential. I think... Could he unlock some of that potential if he spends an entire season playing outside, which he never got the opportunity to do in Washington? Sure. Would I bet on him unlocking that potential? Probably not, because you guys know I'm not necessarily a huge believer in reclamation projects, which I think you could potentially argue Moreau qualifies as. So for the most part, for me, my perspective, I see him mostly as a stopgap. It's going to probably get you through this season, give you competent starting cornerback play uh, through this season. And then next year, you can potentially make a significant investment in the cornerback position a year from now, potentially in the draft or free agency if you have the money to do so. And, you know, I think it also means that you don't have to use a high pick on a corner in this upcoming draft, because if you were going to want to get a competent outside starting corner, chances are you are almost certainly going to have to use a first or second round pick on that guy. Now the Falcons could wind up using a first or second round pick on a corner this year, but I don't think they necessarily want to, as I've mentioned before on the pod, you know, the vast majority of starting corners in the NFL are that are at least outside corners are first or second round picks and being able to find quality players after that round, after the second round in terms of outside corners is extremely hard to do. You know, if you're going to draft a corner after round two, you better be expecting that guy to be more of a nickel corner. 
um, as I outlined in that free agent Friday episode from two weeks ago, when we talked about the cornerback position, my personal opinion is I think the plan should be for the Falcons is to basically make it through this season with Moreau on the outside, maybe use a day three pick on a cornerback that can come in and push guys like Oliver and Sheffield for that slot role. You know, basically looking at a player like Jimmy Moreland, who was a seventh round pick for Washington in 2019, you know, and I was a big fan of Moreland coming out. I thought he should have been drafted, you know, two, three rounds before the seventh round. That's kind of what you're looking for, for the Falcons to come in and, and hopefully solidify uh, that spot. So, you know, who that player winds up being, I have no idea. Cornerback is, is probably one of the positions along with D-tackle, wide receiver, off-ball linebacker that I'm not going to spend really much of any time or energy you know, evaluating players before the draft. So if the Falcons wind up drafting players at those positions, which they very well could, I'm not going to really probably have much of an opinion on those guys until after the draft. So we'll see. But uh, I I think Moreau is a solid addition, getting the veteran minimum deal on a one-year contract. Basically, uh, early reports are suggesting that he'll count a little shy of a million dollars against the salary cap. Now it gives the Falcons 51 players on their roster with, you know, about 400K under the cap. And so that probably gives him about two or three more moves of veteran minimum moves that they could make here on out. And then they're pretty much out of money until the draft. And then, you know, then they'll have to do a restructure or an extension or, or trade somebody after the draft in order to free up the money to sign their rookies. So we'll see how that goes for the Falcons. But, uh, you know, mentioning at the top, you know, I think they still need, you know, those two or three spots, safety to Sean Gibson, backup quarterback, Matt Barkley, Two former Bears players make a ton of sense for the Falcons. Speaking of former Bears, we have Lauren Cox of Locked On Bears coming up on today's episode to share his insights into the Falcons' latest additions in ex-Bears running back Mike Davis, as well as outside linebacker Barkevius Mingo. But before we get there, guys, I want to let you guys know that you should be checking out the NBA side of Locked On Podcast Network, where you can find a daily podcast devoted to your favorite NBA team, including the Atlanta Hawks. Check out Locked On Hawks with Brad Rowland. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. So I've told you guys in the past how recently I had to get my brakes fixed and the taillight replaced and I wound up paying a lot more money than I wanted to. And I was kicking myself after I saw the receipt because I knew all I had to do was to go to rockauto.com and I would have saved a ton of money. Rockauto.com has everything from engine control modules, motor oil, new carpet, as well as the brake parts and tail lamps that I needed. I could have gotten everything I needed in a few easy clicks delivered directly to my door. And you can too, because the rockauto.com catalog is unique. It's easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle. Choose by brand specification, the price that you prefer. And those prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. The same for professionals and do it yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Just go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on into how did you hear about us box so that they know we sent you amazing selection Reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So it's March, and you know that means March Madness, and that means we got to find out which Built Bar flavor is the best all month long. Built Bar is unveiling their bracket for the best flavor with daily matchups between the top flavors, and you can pick yours at BuiltBar.com. If you don't know about Built Bar, they're the best tasting protein bar on the market. They taste just like a candy bar, but Built Bars just aren't tasty. They're healthy too, low in sugar and calories, high in protein and fiber. Build your own bracket or vote for your favorites by heading over to BuiltBar.com, and make sure you use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next flavor today's matchup features coconut puff versus mint brownie you know i'm, I'm all in favor of, of the coconut all coconut final four because i know there's some uh, strong opinions out there 
about anti-coconut and, you know, I'm a troll at heart. So I want to see those people die a slow death, but <laughs> go ahead, pick your favorites guys by heading over to BuiltBar.com. And when you do make sure you use the promo code lock 15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. So I got you covered on everything you need to know about the Falcons, but what about the rest of sports host Peter Bukowski now has you covered with the locked on today podcast. It's all the sports news that you need every morning in under 20 minutes, subscribe to locked on today podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. So about to be joined by Lauren Cox of locked on bears to talk about Barkevius Mingo and Mike Davis and what those guys did in Chicago and what they potentially could do here in Atlanta. So guys, I'm joined by Lauren Cox of Locked on Bears, and he has covered two of the most recent additions to the Atlanta Falcons roster this offseason in running back Mike Davis, who played with the Bears briefly in 2019, as well as outside linebacker Barkevius Mingo, who played with the Bears this past season in 2020, just because... Kiki Mingo is a little bit more fresher on your mind because he played with the Bears this past year. Sort of what are your thoughts on Mingo and his contributions to the Bears defense and maybe what you see his role with another team like the Falcons? Yeah, he came in Chicago and I tried to have as low expectations as I could. You know, I think you know, as a former first round pick kind of bust player, you you don't want to feel like, oh, I'll, all of a sudden this seventh team in seven years is going to be the one that absolutely fixes him or unlocks something new, right? I mean, you've, we've kind of seen over the last couple of years, he's not going to be a dominant edge rusher. He, he's not going to be a guy that gets you five sacks even. You know, I mean, he's not going to be a guy that you necessarily want to have to rely on to start in situations. But as a rotational edge guy, you could you can feel all right. You know, he's... He's not gonna you know, he's not gonna blow contain on the pocket over and over again and let quarterbacks loose, but he's not gonna necessarily make the big move on the tackle and get the big sack by himself. He can clean up what other pass rushers start to create for him, but he's not gonna do a lot of that creation himself. And you know, running game, he's he's solid, he's consistent, he can hold down an edge, but he's not gonna make the big play. He's not gonna knife through and make the big tackle for a loss. And he was kind of the Bears' go-to coverage linebacker because. They had Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn as their two starters. Neither one of those guys, you don't particularly want to keep dropping them back in coverage. And Mingo kind of gave them more flexibility to send pass rushers from different areas and drop him back as opposed to always having to drop their middle linebackers or you know kind of be a little bit more predictable in coverage that way. Mingo could be that more versatile rotational option in there. And I think they ultimately ended up having to use him a little bit more than they might have wanted to, but you still kind of saw the same Barcavius Mingo throughout. Now, I know he doesn't quite compare to this player, but, you know, it sounded like, and from what I saw, he was kind of their attempt to somewhat fill the void lost by Leonard Floyd, who similarly was not necessarily a guy that you loved as a pure pass rusher, but could do some of the other things that you're looking for at that outside linebacker position. So I guess, you know, to put you on the spot, Lord, you know, if you could put sort of a percentage on sort of how much a guy like Mingo fills the void of a player like Leonard Floyd, you know, in terms of a, being a poor man's version of that, where would you sort of estimate his value in that regard? Yeah, I think, you know, it's funny. They, they had some similar comparisons to each other coming out of college in terms of, you know, taller, longer, super athletic edge rushing guys. And I think Mingo is kind of like Floyd minus the the now elite speed, right? I mean, I think if you kind of take Floyd and age him a little bit and you know eliminate some of that dynamic edge rushing speed, you start to get a little bit closer in those comparisons, right? Like neither one, you know, you're never going to get a truly like lockdown coverage defender as an edge rusher, but if you start to stack up like guys that are truly 
edge rushing, pass rushing, outside linebackers or defensive ends, dropping back into coverage, you start to get up into the, the, the top tier, right? I mean, he kind of filled more of a, a Sam Acho type role for the Chicago Bears as a, you know, just that, that third guy. Like, they, they relied on Leonard Floyd a lot more in those situations, and Mingo was a, a light version of that that just played less and was more in a rotation. So, you know, he's less, he's a lot less a pass rusher than Floyd, but maybe, you know, 80 to 90 percent of the the coverage guy of Floyd and Floyd has gotten a lot better in run defense over the years as well you got to give him some credit for that too and and Mingo was just kind of okay he he felt like an exceedingly average rotational edge rushing player now moving to the other addition the Falcons made recently with Mike Davis and I know you know most people recognize Mike Davis from his days in Seattle as a backup there as well as his past year in Carolina but in between there he did have an opportunity in Chicago and I know going into that 2019 season there were a lot of expectations on what he would wind up being I know some of that got usurped a little bit by David Montgomery but I'm just sort of curious from your uh, experience watching uh, Mike Davis during his time in Chicago what type of running back do you think the Falcons are getting? Yeah, Mike Davis represented a lot of frustration, not not him and what he was doing, but more so his spot on the roster and his place on the team was frustrating for Bears fans as to why he wasn't more involved and why they didn't use him more. And it ended up being seven games, and really, <laughs> I think when I look back on it, it feels like it was a lot more than 11 carries, but he was... He was yeah, he was brought in as sort of their their off season running back insurance policy, so that if they weren't able to land the running back that they wanted in the draft, they could go to Mike Davis as perhaps their number one running back, or at least sort of in a rotation there with with Tariq Cohen. It was like they had just gotten rid of Jordan Howard, and Mike Davis was supposed to be that replacement in that in that that sort of carousel back there, and they didn't really give him much of a fair opportunity. He was kind of their number three. He played some really good special teams, caught some passes out of the backfield a little bit, but he was never given that shot to be that guy. And, of course, they they release him, and this past season he goes on to Carolina and has a phenomenal year. And he was just really elusive, explosive, especially for a guy, you know, right getting into the depth of his prime here. He's not... He's never going to be the, the fastest guy in the field. He's fast, but he's not elite speed. And he's explosive, but he's not elite explosive. But he's just small and low center of gravity and really hard to bring down. Like, he can kind of duck under tackles and bounce off of guys. He's got that contact balance that just it's, – it's it's physically hard to explain. I don't know where it comes from, if it's core strength or, or what. But, like, it takes a lot to bring him down for a guy that's, like, 5'9 and – you know, 210 or whatever pounds he is, or 220, he's he's just a little bowling ball on the field, and he's a lot of fun to watch and a guy that's really easy to root for. So, you know, from your perspective, it sounds like Davis is sort of tailor-made to be that guy that can get sort of the tough yards in between the tackles for the Falcons, but not just sort of be limited to as being a sort of three-yard in a cloud of dust type of running back that I think often people stereotype that type of runner because of his value in the passing game as well as the potential to contribute on special teams is that a fair assessment pretty much yeah like I don't I don't see him as a like power runner per se like he's not necessarily gonna run into the pile and push the whole pile forward an extra five yards like an old school fullback but he's definitely a guy that is going it can pick up difficult yards and can can get a lot of extra yards after the contact when you when you think the play might be over. He's just a guy that's difficult to move down, and it's it's why Bears fans were frustrated that he wasn't a bigger part of the offense in Chicago. But ultimately, they released him only because, based on the compensatory pick formula, releasing him 
earned them an extra fourth-round pick the following year in the NFL draft. They released him right before that season deadline that where the compensatory pick formula becomes final, and that's now a loophole that the NFL has closed. All right. Well, Lauren, I appreciate you joining me and giving your insight on these two new additions. I'm hopeful, personally, that I will get an opportunity to talk with you later this offseason because I'm still hopeful the Falcons might add a, a safety in free agency, maybe someone like a Tashawn Gibson, uh, and maybe we'll get your uh, thoughts on him and what his contributions were in Chicago uh, this past year as well. But uh, looking forward uh, to the next time we get a chance to talk and uh, go ahead and plug where and what you're going to be talking about on Locked On Bears as we roll forward this offseason. I thought you were going to say you're hopeful that the Atlanta Falcons will draft a quarterback and trade Matt Ryan to the Chicago Bears. I thought that's where you were going to go. Because <laughs> at this point, Bears fans could use a little bit more quarterback hope than, than Andy Dalton at this point. That's kind of where the Locked On Bears podcast has been, is like trying to figure out what the team is doing and, and why they you know release Kyle Fuller and replace him with Desmond Trufant instead and trying to save money but also trying to win now and, and Andy Dalton appears to be that solution and I would happily take Matt Ryan if the Falcons grab Trey Lance or somebody else well uh, I'm sure you and, and many other teams would happily take him off our hands I don't think that's <laughs> going to happen this offseason but maybe we can revisit that topic next offseason so we'll see hey I, I'm I'll keep my fingers crossed All right Thank you, Lauren. Appreciate it. So there was Lauren Cox of Locked On Bears. And we got more on Mike Davis, an Atlanta native, with an interview from his old high school coach, Ron Gartrell. And he'll explain why the sky is the limit for Davis's potential here in Atlanta if he's given the right opportunity. But before we get into that with Coach Gartrell, I want to let you guys know that opening day is just around the corner. And so that you don't miss a beat, check out one of the daily podcasts devoted to your favorite MLB team on the Lockdown Podcast Network, including the Atlanta Braves with Lockdown Braves podcast hosted by Dylan Short. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. So BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NFL might be over, but NBA, NHL, NASCAR, and college football are all in full swing, and Major League Baseball is just around the corner. And, of course, BetOnline is the best place for March Madness. Whether your bracket has been busted and you need to find a way to recoup some of those earnings, or you're just looking to make a little bit of extra cash with your insightful NCAA tournament knowledge, BetOnline is the best place for you to go, and not just that, BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine because BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today at BetOnline.ag. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus. Again, sign up today at BetOnline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online your online sportsbook experts so are you ready for the nfl draft well join locked on nfl draft podcast as hosts trevor sigma and ben solak give you their latest positional rankings and analysis on the 2021 draft prospects as well as team-centric guest mocks coming right around the corner follow the locked on nfl draft podcast on the radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts 
So this interview comes from 11 Alive, the NBC affiliate in Atlanta, and you'll be hearing from former Stevenson High School head coach Ron Gartrell, coach Mike Davis in high school. Gartrell is a legendary coach in the Atlanta area, having been a very successful coach at Stevenson for the past 25 years, as well as other schools with his program producing a ton of college athletes, as well as quite a few NFL players. He coached ex-Colts center Jeff Saturday. He coached ex-Falcon Bruce Irvin, Preston Smith, now with the Packers, Montez Sweat with Washington. You know the good edge rusher that plays for the Washington football team. Uh, Gartrell did step down from Stevenson, retired last month, having won 243 games across 33 seasons. And in this interview, he'll basically be discussing Davis in depth, sort of the type of player and person he is, as well as what he could potentially bring to the Falcons and whether or not he has that super high ceiling that I think Falcon fans are hoping to get back at the running back position moving forward. And after this interview, I'll be back to sort of wrap up the show. So let's get into that interview with Coach Cartrell. Yeah, we're all around here excited about Mike coming home and playing in front of the home home crowd and you know, members of his family and his former teammates and coaches. Yeah, we're all excited about it. Was it a surprise to you at all as he kind of, you know, went through some free agency and the Falcons popped up on the list? Well, you know, around here, we all like, we we love Mike Davis. I mean, Mike comes by and sees us when he's in town, plays, he plays with the same intensity uh, that he played with in high school. And he's just a great guy overall. I mean, not just a, a very good football player, but he's a very good person too. As you watched him, especially this last year as he got a lot more you know, time on the field with the Panthers. What stood out to you? And, and did anything you know, stand out to you as far as you know? that's what I saw at Stevenson, that's the kid that I coached? Yeah, I mean, a lot of similarities. Uh, he hadn't changed much. You know, Michael is a combination of power, speed, quickness. And then he has a great mind of, for the game of football, especially playing a running back position. So – you know, Michael can do a lot of things very well, and I don't know why, you know, he hadn't been moved up to some of the you know more legit running backs in the NFL. But you know, he doesn't have very many flaws. Blocks well, uh, catches the ball out of backfield, runs good. You know, team player. You know, he, he carries all the attributes that you need to have to be uh, good at what he's doing. And you taught him all that, right? Everything he knows. <laughs> um obviously the Falcons have had a lot of trouble at the running back position. And, you know, Todd Gurley is their last, you know, guy who's now in free agency just after not surprisingly a down year with all of what's gone on with his knee. But last year for Davis, even though it's been a few years in the league, kind of seems like it was a breakout year for him. He, He actually had an opportunity to play. Do you see it that way? Do you see last year being something that can actually catapult him to a more consistent career? Oh, yeah. I mean, I thought, you know, you hate for anybody to get hurt. Uh, and then when McCaffney uh, went down and Michael had an opportunity to be on the field more, you know, we, we saw some things that were that we saw when he was here with us. Uh, I was just talking to one of our coaches, Coach Sellers, this morning. And, you know, it's, it's time for Michael to put himself really out there on the map. And I hope the Falcons give him that opportunity. So to do that, is that something that he has to do to prove himself, or is that just having that opportunity like he hopefully has in Atlanta? Well, you know, it all starts up front. So it uh, it depends on what they do, if the Falcons do it with the offensive line. But Michael has the, two, the tools to 
to become an elite, elite back in the NFL. You know, the places that he's been, they were trying to play two backs and in some cases three backs. And he kind of got lost in the rotation a lot of times. But I think if it's, the job is given to him, Michael could be a three-down back because he can do what you need for him to do on third down. And he can also carry the ball and block and protect the quarterback. So uh, I think it's, it's, it's a great move by the Atlanta Falcons. And I think the people who have not really seen Michael play are going to be uh, pretty excited about you know what, what he can do. I don't know how familiar you are if you know Arthur Smith, but do you think that's also a good combination for uh, for Davis with Smith, who kind of is that offensive guru? Yeah, you know, like I said earlier, I think Michael fits into anything that you want him to do because he's so versatile. And, um, you know, I think that, that uh, the Falcon staff uh, has looked at that and, uh, you know, he can do, like I said, he can do all the things that you want him to do. So I think a great move on the Falcons' part of picking up a, what I think is an elite back in the NFL. How much uh, time do you spend around Mike these days or, you know, before maybe the pandemic? Did you see him often? Uh, we cross paths. You know, Michael will stop by the school, uh, especially in his early years in the NBA, NFL. And uh, you can follow him on Facebook and, and Instagram. I follow him on Instagram, and um, uh, that's how we pretty much talk and keep up with each other because, you know, Michael family pretty much lives on the other side of town. So when he's in town, I'm sure he's spending a lot of time with his mom and the rest of his family. So, um, But we love to see him when he comes by. Anytime our former players come by, we give him an opportunity to talk to our players and, and it just kind of motivate them in terms of what it, what it takes to get to where Mike is now. Which I'm sure for you is all the time with how many form, with how many players you have coming out of your program. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know we've had quite a few. We uh, the thing that all of them have in, have in common, you know, they never questioned what what we were doing. They worked hard. They set a good example for our young kids, and uh, you know they're just good, loyal people. And I think that's one of the things that helped them get to where they are, not just being great football players. But you got to be able to communicate and get along with people who's in your locker room and the people who are trying to coach you to do the things that you need to do to get better. Last one for you. What is kind of the message that he brings when he talks to your your players, whether it's about work ethic or just perseverance? As somebody, you know, who's had to kind of prove himself in the league despite, you know, how successful he was in high school and college, what is his message to your guys on that? Well, I think his message has always been, you know, follow the lead of you, that the coaches are giving you because, you know, we're not going to ask you to do more than what we think you can, but we're going to ask you to do as much as that we that you know you can. And, uh, you know, he talks to them about being good teammates. You know, he talks to them about being loyal and uh, just give it all you – work as hard as you possibly can. The NFL is not going to come for everybody. But uh, Michael, I think if he couldn't, if he wasn't an NFL player, he would still be successful at whatever he decided to do. And I think that's the kind of mentality we try to breed in all our players when they come through. We know we have a lot of talent or have have had a lot of talent, but it takes something different. It takes something special. And a lot of times uh, being humble and giving and willing to sacrifice are some of the things that these guys, we, we kind of, breed into them 
And I think that's helped them along the way to overcome any obstacles that they may they may have or had on their way to the NFL. So Mike could be the uh, number one guy for the Falcons. Do you think that's a possibility? Well, if he's not, it's going to be a lot of disappointed people. Right? <laughs> and, uh, and I think he can. I know he can. And uh, just given the opportunity, if he can stay healthy, Michael could be uh, one of those guys that, you know, runs for 17, 1,800 yards and, and uh, have, you know, seven, 800 yards receiving and uh, all the other good things to go along with being a great back. So, guys, there you have it, a uh, jam-packed episode with some uh, outside perspective, and you'll get more of my perspective on things. We'll probably wrap up the week with another sort of free agent Friday where, at the very least, we'll talk about these free agent signings, what's next for the Falcons as well. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll just sort of see what the Falcons have done so far. Maybe we even talk about some of the other moves, particularly in the NFC South and what other teams have done to improve or not improve their rosters. And sort of that will be what the plan is for tomorrow. But Hey, you know what? The Falcons are on a roll right now. You know, maybe they wind up signing another player and that's what we wind up spending the bulk of tomorrow's episode talking about. But if you have any feedback that you want to provide me on tomorrow's episode, of course, you can hit me up on Twitter at lockdown Falcons on Facebook at lockdown Falcons, or you can send an email to lockdown Falcons at mail.com. Appreciate it guys until then.